Let's just go ahead and read in 3 John. I'm excited. You guys excited to get in the Word? It's always a fun thing. Um, look at verse 1. It says, The elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner Worthy of God, you will do well. And because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. So, um, well, we'll get to all that. But let's go back to verse 1. Notice who wrote this book. It's kind of a giveaway. It's in the title right here, right? It says the elder, right? The, t- the title says the third epistle of John. So John wrote this letter. This is a reference to John. He, he's not just an any elder. He's the elder. Did you catch that in the very beginning? Um, and the elder simply means the older one, right? Uh, a senior. And this could be older spiritually. It could be older physically. I don't know what you would say old is and what age that would be but I would say hey if you're 100 years old and up I would say that qualifies you so um, Ed don't worry I won't make any jokes over there but uh, so John I would say John actually qualifies for both whether it be physically or spiritually because he was the elder spiritually Um, he was the last of the apostles alive and he's about 95 to 100 years old at this time and so uh, spiritually speaking and physically speaking I think he fits in here Um, John and this is the John he wrote the gospel of John he wrote first second third John the epistles Uh, he wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ Um, so uh, this epistle was written to Gaius notice in verse one it says the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. So this Gaius is only referred to here uh, in this letter alone, and that's it. There's another three mentions of the uh, Gaius, but it's not the same Gaius in, in the New Testament, the other, uh, a couple other books. But we only know what this, who this guy, Gaius is here in Third John and, and what it tells us about him. That's all we know about this guy. Um, now, the key theme of this book is, I would say, love. Um, in all three of the letters that John wrote, First John, Second John, Third John, uh, he stresses the word love uh, over and over. In fact, some 56 times he mentions the word love. And so uh, this book, it's dealing with a contrast as well. If you guys have read through Third John, uh, it's between those who are hospitable and those who are not hospitable. And during this time, there was evangelist, teacher, preacher type guys that would travel around and just giving not only the gospel, but teaching the word of God. And, and as they, they went from place to place, there would be the church would say, hey, we'll, we'll house you, we'll feed you, we'll clothe you, we'll take care of you. And uh, so that's kind of the, the contrast that's going on here at this time. So uh, John deals with Gaius and Demetrius, who they, they were very hospitable, and comparison and contrast, if you will, to a guy named Diotrephes, uh, who was not hospitable at all. And we can talk more about him uh, another time. But So I would say the key verse is verse 5 because of all of that, because of love being just so, uh, just so much of God's love. I would say verse 5, um, notice it says in verse 5, it says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. Um, if you got a Thompson chain reference like me, it says verse 8 is the key verse, but I say it's verse 5. So, um, up to you. you can, I guess you can just name whatever key verse you want. But as believers, I think we need to be faithful at doing what is right 
in, in the area of hospitality, when it comes to hospitality, we've got to choose to do what is right. Um, we don't really know um, where this letter was written from, by the way. Uh, a lot of people think maybe it was in Ephesus um, after John left the island of, of Patmos, but honestly, we, we have no clue. Um, so let's just start. You guys ready to start? There's so much intro, we can keep going, but uh, it's pretty basic. But let's, let's start dealing with John's commendation to Gaius in verses 1 through 8. Uh, and the first thing I learned about John's commendation to Gaius is, number one, it involves love. It involves love. No, notice in verse 1, it says, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. And then look at verse 2. John calls him beloved. Notice in verse 5, beloved. Look at verse 11, beloved. So five times uh, John mentions his love for Gaius. In verse 1, it was personal because he walked in truth. Verse 2, it was because John, well, he prayed for him. Uh, verse 5, it was because he was hospitable. In verse 11, it was for direction. And people like this, honestly, they're just easy to love, right? They're, they love the Lord. They love the truth. They're always serving. They're ministering. Um, and, and obviously, John loves that type of guy as well. I do. I love the guy, the people that minister here, right? The people that are always serving. It's just a, a love that we have for one another. It's so cool. Um, though this guy, Gaius, he was walking in the truth. He was abiding in Christ, Jesus, right? And in his, in his life, and it was just showing outwardly. It was exposed. It was evident to all to see. And he gave unto others. He ministered to the needs of others. So this guy is incredible. I, I really like his resume. Um, Paul said, and it reminds me of what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, and if you're not quick to turn there, I put it up there for you if you wanted to see it. Uh, but it says in verse 1, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, and let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceits, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. So, um, man, people with this type of mentality, they're, they're selfless. And, and uh, I love these type of people. They care more about us than they do about themselves. So they, want, they want to minister to you. They're more burdened for those around them than for their own situations and circumstances that they're going through in life and, and may that be us right that we be more concerned about others in, in our lives as well so let's come to the second commendation to, to Gaius and it involves prayer note notice in verse 2 it says beloved I pray so John's prayer first of all it was that he prosper in all things. Notice in verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. So don't confuse this, by the way, with that health, wealth, prosperity gospel. Um, I know they use this verse. He, he's not advocating a blabbing, grabbit theology. I, I went to a place, I don't know, a month ago or two, and, and uh, it's, it's a, a wellness type place, and and they're like, so what are you here for? And I was like, oh, man, the last three months I've been just uh, horrible. And immediately they started rebuking me like, oh, you just put a curse on yourself. What, you you, you, you got to speak in faith and you got to say. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And I got faith. And they're just, oh, it was just, it was crazy. They're, they're, uh, they're, it was, I got jumped basically. And then I told Dwight, and he wanted to, like, go in there and get him. But I was like, hey, it's okay. It's all right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's just sad to say that there is, this is a popularity uh, growing in Christianity, right, mainstream. And uh, that doctrine is going out. We've got to be very careful. When you read the Word, you're going to have some problems with that type of theology. Because, uh, well... It's just, it's tough because in fact, these people that believe in this health, wealth, prosperity gospel, they say 
uh, you know, if you're not prospering, you're not in good health, you're not wealthy, then you don't have faith. You really, you're probably not even a Christian. And that's why you don't have a mansion, that's why you don't have a jet, that's why you don't have millions of dollars. And if you're like me, I just don't care about that stuff. I don't want it anyways, right? So, but Paul the Apostle, I look at that guy, and he, by their definition of what prospering is and, you know, all that, he would not fit the mark, right? He, by their own standard, doesn't even have faith, right? Because look at Paul, the apostle. He, his eyes were not working properly. Uh, his speech was not eloquent. Um, he was not rich either. He always ended up in prison, right? <laughs> that was the places he stayed. Uh, Paul loved the Lord, and yet it wasn't, he wasn't in good shape at all. So, I don't know. Paul prayed three times, right? You guys remember the thorn in his flesh? And did Paul lack faith? No, he didn't lack faith, right? Oftentimes we go through things because, really it's because of God's will and not because of our faith. And we got to understand that. We got to have the discernment uh, of what that is. Now the word prosper here, um, it's a compound word. It means good or well. And uh, the second part means highway or journey. And John prays that his journey in life goes well. And, and uh, John's prayer is that he be blessed in his walk with the Lord in all things, right? That God would provide everything you need in all things is John's prayer for him. So it's not about getting wealthy and making it to some kind of high class reputation right before man and you know, here comes so-and-so, oh, yeah, wow, you know, it's, it's not about all. In fact, you know what, this wasn't part of our, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. just want to show you something. Let, it's always good to let the word explain itself, right? It's a, it's a good thing. If you really want to know what it means to be blessed, um, this is the type of person that you should be. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, I don't have it on here, but he's seeing, you know, he's, he's talking to the multitudes, and uh, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his uh, disciples came to him, and then he opened his mouth and taught them, his disciples, saying, blessed, right, happy are the poor, right, poor, humble in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, where in there did it say you should be prospering material-wise and, right, fancy cars and jets and loads of money, right? I didn't see that. Did you guys see the opposite there? It, it sounds like God's targeting the heart, right? Your faithfulness onto him. It's continuing to be steadfast in your walk, drawing near to him, and there's a reward. And the reward is Christ. The reward is him. The re- there is a reward at the end. And so let, let's go back to Third John. Um, I don't know, just I love the Matthew chapter five. Just a good encouragement. Um, oh, so the second area John prays for Gaius is to be in good health. Notice, go to verse two. Uh, it says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good or and be in health." It says, and I'm not sure if Gaius was sick or not sick, if he was healthy or not, if he was like Timothy. You guys remember Paul told young Timothy, hey, take some wine for your stomach and for your infirmities. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case here. Um, but John's prayer for Gaius is to be in good health. And But does, does God always heal us? No, he doesn't. Yeah, God, can God heal us? Yes, he definitely can. Um, 
I was just at the hospital visiting uh, Mark and uh, has some heart issues and and, uh, just praying for him that God would heal him and restore him back to good health. That was, nobody wants, right? The moment I walk in there and I see him, it's just, your heart just drops, boosh. You don't don't want to see anybody in the church, anybody you know, any of your family members, right? It's just, it's not a fun thing. Uh, when when someone's just out of it, right, and they're they're not in control, it's just ugh, breaks your heart. But did God heal him right away? No, I know. And at the end, after I pray, I always say, Lord, Your will be done, right? Because ultimately, it's God's will. This is God's world. It's God who has a time clock in each one of us. And who am I to say, Lord, let me change up the way you do things here, right? And let me, you know, no, I don't want to interfere. But the Bible does say. Ask and you shall receive, right? You don't receive because you don't ask. And so I don't want to be in that position. I want to say, Lord, here's, here's my heart. Here's my burden for my brother here. You know, I want to intercede on his behalf. And um, it's, a, it's ultimately up to the Lord and, uh, and what the Lord wants to do. But, um, but yeah, I, I was thinking, speaking of health, by the way, um, I was going through some health issues the last... I don't know, it was May 28th, I know, uh, and since then, so I don't know, three, four months ago, um, whatever the math is there, but uh, I don't know what happened, I couldn't, it just, something messed me up, my neurologist said she thinks it was a virus that was in my brain, and it was just wrecking havoc all over the place, I was blind for three days, I couldn't see, and it was, it was horrible, I could just any little, little piece of light, I was like, ah! I couldn't read, and uh, it was like being a baby all over again. I had to learn to to read, and I was like, oh, man, it hurts so bad. And um, so it was very, very, thank you guys for your prayer. Uh, by the way, I know a lot of you guys were praying just constantly, and ugh, it just, it, it, uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's humbling. It really is. It really breaks you, but it, at the same time, you want to receive that, you know, the prayer before the Lord, and and it's so cool to hear my, my uh, I was doing a lot of physical therapy and, and to hear them say your recovery is a lot faster than others and somehow, you know, you're, you're all better. And it's like, what? Really? You think so? <laughs> yes. And it was like, oh, praise the Lord, right? As I know there's a lot of people praying and it's just so cool. But, uh, but instantly, I just wanted to push the red button or the easy button, right? And just be like, I want to get out of here and just be, be healed right away, right? It's not fun. All my plans I wanted to do in the summer with the family, all the, like, the, you know, fixing stuff up at the house, here at the church, I couldn't do any of it. And it was like, oh, it's so frustrating. But I learned to be content. I learned to give God the glory. I learned that, Lord, wherever you want me, whether it be in this place, whether it be in good or bad, I want to be in the place that you want me to be in. And I want to be pleasing to you in, in my heart, right, before the Lord. And I was reminded of Job chapter 2. And, and uh, Job, he told his wife in verse 10, and he says, shall we in, indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? Right? It's, uh, why not? Let's receive it from the Lord. So we need to be okay with whatever the Lord's will is for our life. And the moment you realize uh, whatever's happening to you, well, could it be that God is in complete control? Is God sovereign, first of all? Yes, he is. Is he in complete control? Of course he is, right? And then look at your life. Does he know what he's doing with you? If you're like, oh, I don't know if he knows what he Look at the stars, right? <laughs> look at the trees. Look at your fingerprint. Look at your eyes, right? Look at how uh, amazing God has created you. Look at your DNA. God knows everything from the very, very minute to the very huge solar systems right that are out there and it's just it's amazing the god that we serve um, jesus said in luke twenty two forty two, he said father if it is your will take this cup away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done and so that ought to be our prayer lord lord whatever is your will for my life that's what i want that's what i desire and it's all about relinquishing our will our wants and our uh, our ways really to God right and his way and the way he wants it to go and and the God we serve is very very different from us have you guys noticed that march around Jericho right seven days and then blow the trumpets and it's like what right 
It's like, what? And they, you know, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Okay, now go and blow the, the horns out there. Wait, what? Right? Moses, put the staff in the water. What is that going to do? Right? It's just, he's testing us. And the, and the things that we go through, uh, he just wants us to be faithful to him. Right? To hear his word. We're like little sheep and we got to learn to obey the voice of our leader. And, and wherever he wants us to go. So, he knows what's best for us, by the way. And some people, they experience health issues for all their life. And that's God's will for their life. And it's, uh, it's tough, but guess what? It's, only God knows why. God knows exactly what is best for you. And I, I, I wish I could explain why God does that for certain people, but I don't. But, but pray that you can glorify th- the Lord through it all, right? And in fact, can I share something with you guys? Turn to the book of James, James chapter 1. If you're an investor and you like to financial, you know, financially you invest in certain stocks or whatever it is you do here physically, spiritually, did you guys know you can be an investor as well? You guys like that? You can invest spiritually in something in your life. And right here in James chapter 1, uh, you can actually make a profit off of your, get ready for it, you ready, you ready? Your trials, isn't that great? Yay! Yeah, yeah I know, I'm crazy. But look, look at James chapter one, look at verse two. James chapter one, verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Oh, that's tough right there, but there you go. That's a little uh, golden nugget for you if you're looking for a good investment. Um, All right, let's go back to 2 John. Um, Third John, and note his prayer for prosperity, by the way, is based on spirituality. Note, notice in verse 2, it says, just as your soul prospers. So John is paralleling his Gaius's physical well-being with his spiritual well-being. And so just as it is going well for you spiritually, my prayer is that it would go well for you physically as well. And I think it would be wise if we focused on balancing our spiritual walk with the Lord and taking care of our physical bodies as well is always a wise thing. And if you lack in one area, I think that the other area gets affected as well. And I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but when I eat Mexican food, all the grease gets to my brain, and it's like, ah, oh, I don't think I want to read right now. I want to just go to sleep. But <laughs> you know, there's just certain things what we take in. We got to be discerning, right? We got to be watchful, and and because your your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we got to take care of it. Be discerning, right? Invest in good health. It's a great thing. Um, I just got a free gym set from somebody on Marketplace, so I was pretty excited. So. Maybe the next couple months, I'll be like, hey, guys, how's it going, right? Good to see you. I don't know, maybe, if I even start using it, but might hang it some clothes on it. I don't know, do something with it. But anyways, but also spiritually, we, we need to invest in our life spiritually, right? We need to draw close to the Lord. We need to be in our devotional life with the Lord and, and spend time with the Lord. Don't just read for the sake of, I got to read out of tradition. It's the new day today, and, and so here's my next chapter. No, spend time with the Lord, right? Make quality time with the Lord. Don't just make it quality time just for you, right? But make it with the Lord. Um, in fact, uh, 
the more spiritual, I guess you can say you are, the more prone you're going to be to get, take care of yourself physically as well. Um, I don't know how that works, but it kind of does. Um, but we're, we're to be heavenly minded, first of all, right? Setting our mind on the things that are above and not on the things that are below. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and, uh, and in the context, you guys could read chapter 6, but and then all these other things will be added to you. But first of all, seek the Lord above all else, right? Now, John's third commendation to Gaius involves rejoicing. Rejoicing. Notice in verse 3, he says, For I rejoice greatly. And then look at verse 4. I have no greater joy and by the way, the words joy and rejoicing are actually the exact same word. Um, it's it's a Cairo. It's the root word that carries the idea of having absolute great joy in rejoicing. So in the context, John is rejoicing and, and greatly rejoicing in joy and involves and revolves around truth. That's why he's greatly just excited with full of this joy uh, because it's around truth. And this truth is seen in light of two people uh, in verses three and four. First, it's seen in Gaius himself. Uh, Notice in verse three, for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. So John was rejoicing, full of joy because of the truth, right, that Gaius, what, what, he was in the truth, and secondly, that was coming from Gaius, right? It was not only in him, but coming out of him. And he had the truth in him and, and coming from him um, because he, he testified of the truth. And so um, I would say, let, let's say, hmm, Let's say I, I start going out of the park, and let's say I'm in a hurry to get to my car, right? I'm starting to get to my car. Somebody's in front of me, some woman. She looks back, and then maybe she's in a hurry too, right? But then she looks back, and then she starts to run. And so you're like, oh. And then you start to run, right? And you're like, Then you're both running. And then if you're like me, you're out of breath, and, you're like, oh. and you probably pass out. Then cop probably wakes you up and says, you're going to jail, buddy. And then you stand before the judge, and you're like, oh, I, what, you, what am I here for? I wasn't trying to steal her purse, right? She's testifying against you, buddy, and, and uh, this isn't looking good. You're, you're chasing her. No, I wasn't. I was trying. She started running, right? But they don't believe you. But maybe the judge shows grace, right? And so let's say the judge says, you're, you're free to go, right? You didn't do anything, but just be careful. So now you're in a hurry to get out of there, right? And you're in the parking lot, and guess who's in front of you? Right? And so you're in a hurry, and then all of a sudden she's running, and you're like, wait, what? Then wisdom would say the application of knowledge, right? Wait, you've been here, done that, don't want to do it, but at the time there's 10 other people running now, too, right? All the people that are in the courtroom, they're, they're in front of you, and they're, they're heading out, right? They're like, oh! So you start to run, and now you find yourself before the judge again, right? And you're like, oh, man, I wasn't chasing her. I, she started running and looked terrified. I'm not going to look back. Oh, I'm scared for my life. I'm running too, right? And, uh, but let's say the judge says, nope, you're, you're going to jail, right? You get locked up, you're in chains, and, then, uh, and, and now what? what? What happens, right? Now, now just, that was just a little thought in my head, but... The truth is, that happens to a lot of Christians, right? They stand for the truth, and then they get beat up, right? Whether it's through divorce, whether it's through a, a death of a relative, a friend, or somebody. And then what happens, they no longer are testifying to the truth anymore. All of a sudden, because this is called the walk, right? We're walking in truth. All of a sudden, that walk gets slow, and that walk turns into a sit-down, and then the walk just starts to look around and starts to go that way instead. And it's sad to say a lot of people fall from their faith, right? They're walking with the Lord and they no longer want to walk with the Lord. What happened? And that's why I'm encouraged in this study. When I was reading Third John, I was like, you know, 
this is great that, that, that people, you know, they're on the positive side, they see Gaius and the, they, they testify that this guy is standing for the Lord. And you'll see later there's another guy who they're testifying and saying, no, that guy is not standing for the Lord. And uh, we could get to that part later. But uh, it's just, it's an encouragement to, to know that God, God knows what he's doing and we ought to be continuing, right, in our walk, steady, steadfast, right, pursuing after the Lord in all things. Um, now, this is not speaking of the way, by the way, of uh, just any truth, right? So let's go back to Third John right here. Uh, it's in the de- definite article. It's talking about the truth, right? So the question is not what is the truth, but what is or who is the truth? And who's the truth? Jesus, right? Um, it's Jesus. John fourteen six. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And when Jesus was in the garden in John 17, 17, he's praying to the Father. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So what is truth, right? That's the popular question a lot of people are still asking today. Jesus knew, he proclaimed it to all of us, that it's God is truth, the word is truth, right? And the truth is seen not only in Gaius, but it's also seen in really coming from him. And obviously when the Holy Spirit is indwelling in the believer, in the life of the believer, there's going to be a physical proof of it. And there will be evidence in our lives that he's alive in us, right? And some people it seems like, man, he's dead in them, right? But if you're a believer and the Holy Spirit's in you, they'll see the, the, that Christ is alive and they'll draw near to the Lord because it's attractive, right? They want to know more about the Lord. And, and uh, so our relationship with the Lord, it's going to show in the places we go and the things we do and the things we see and the, the, the uh, things we hear, right? And everything that we do, it's going to show. And you, you see, it's one thing to have Christ in you and it's another to have Christ flowing out of you and everything that you do and say and everything about you. So it's, it'll be obvious. So people will see the fruit that is grown in you. Because why? Because you die to yourself daily. You choose to pick up your cross and follow him. And it's going to be known, right? We'll, they'll know, but they'll know you by your fruit, right? So the truth is also seen not only in Gaius himself, but also in others. Notice in verse 4, it says, in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So John is rejoicing not only in Gaius, but also in others. And so I love this. His children, I'm sure, speaks of the converts, maybe the new converts, the new believers, right, that came to the Lord through Gaius. Um, these new believers, they're living their lives in light of the truth, right? They live their lives. And also there's no greater joy, or not, it says no greater joy, right, that they walk in the truth. But I think there's also no greater sorrow when they walk away from the truth. And, and really it's so true. I think of the prodigal son, right? He, spent his father's inheritance and and uh, just went out there, didn't spend everything, and everything fell apart. He wasted it all, and then he realized, you know what? Looking at these pigs in the mud, and, and he's like, you know, my father treats this, his servants way better than this, right? So he's like, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to tell my father I, I'm no, not worthy, but, you know, may I be your servant, Right, and he goes with the, this pre-plan in his head, and, and but the father could care less. He didn't even let the guy speak. Right, he said, "My son's home. Get a new robe on him. Cut that animal up, and let's make some barbecue." Right, let's let's get going. He was excited to bring in his son. His son came home. His son returned. The excitement and the joy that was in the father was just—it's amazing. But imagine being the son. 
right? Imagine you knew all this. Well, I'm not even worthy. And then you're, you're speechless. You're like, oh, no, I don't deserve this, right? You put it on, and then you're eating this food, and, and you're, you're treated like a son, right? Sonship. You're, you're positionally, you're still a child of God. And, 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 uh, but picture the heart of the son for the rest of his life. It's not a, a feeling of shame. Rather, it's a feeling of thankfulness right uh, of grace really uh, of I guess you can say humbleness too right whenever you're in the presence of your father and that's us I think of my Christian walk with the Lord whenever we present ourselves before the Lord it, man I'm terrified I'm I love the Lord there's an excitement but I'm I'm humbled not only by the things I've been through in life but I'm in God's presence right and it's it's a it's a He's an awesome God, literally, right? And we, we ought to be careful. Um, but uh, it's, it's just, it's interesting. So as a parent, though, I, I desire my children, when I think of children, and uh, I desire them to follow after the word of God, right? I want to raise them up uh, to know the word of God. Bethany and I, we invest our time by spending our quality time with our children more so for the word. We want them to know the word. We want them to be excited about the word. Um, I'm so cute. My little one-year-old, he, uh, he hums amazing grace. It's so cool. It's like he gets every little one, everything perfect. It's like, oh, God, God. But uh, it's so cool. But my desire is not for my kids to be number one at everything, not for them, you know, to have a great reputation. I could care less what kind of job they have in life and what career they have. I desire that they follow the truth of the word of God. And right now, as they're young, I want to do everything I can to make sure that that's where they're headed, right? I want to give them that personal eye-to-eye contact. Whatever it takes, I'm all for it. I could care less if they're in first place or fifth place in whatever sports and whatever. I don't care, right? But may they follow the Lord, and that's what I care about, and that's what we should care about as well. Um, But, and and, uh, that's... That's my desire for the church as well, right? That we all follow after the Lord. Not only that we start well with the Lord, but that we finish well, right? How cool is that going to be, guys? could be tonight, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. (laughs) Just right there, well. Just say the word well and I'm done. Okay, I'm ready. Woo, can't believe I even made it here, right? It's just, it's amazing. But all we can do is rely on the Holy Spirit, right? On the Lord in our life. And really depend upon the cross. Lord, you, it was your bloodshed. I have nothing to bring. I didn't do anything in this life to deserve anything that you have, but I just want that relationship. I desire you. And how cool is it, by the way, guys, just a thought. What if God came to you like King Solomon, and King Solomon, he said, what do you want? I'll give you, what do you want? And, and Solomon could have asked for riches. He could have asked for anything. He asked for wisdom. But... I was thinking about that, and I was like, Lord, I just want you. That's it. I mean, is that not the greatest of all, anything you could think of? I just want you. Imagine, I just, I don't know. I love that. I, I just want more of the Lord. So, um, and that's my, my concern for you guys, is that you would go to heaven. That's, that, I, that's why we're here. That's why we teach, right? We want you to grow in the word of God and the Lord to lead you and direct you and as you make your decisions before the Lord. So think about it. What, what brings you joy, right? Just consider it. What brings you joy? Is it that others are walking in the truth? You know, how cool is that? That Gaius, that's, that's what his desire was and his joy. So anyways, let's, let's go to the, John's fourth commendation here to Gaius, and it involves faithfulness. Notice in verse 5, it says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. Now, I've learned three things about Gaius's faithfulness. Uh, number one, it was to everyone. Notice in verse five, to everyone, beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. John 
commended Gaius uh, because he was faithful, not just to the believers, which is an obvious. If you're a believer, you want to bless other believers, right? You know, you, you hear so-and-so needs, you know, this bill paid or this whatever. You're like, Psh, you got it, man. But what about a stranger, right? Uh, that was Gaius. He was meeting the needs even of the strangers. And when you guys remember uh, back then, there was the teacher, preacher guys. They would come into town and then they would move on to a different place. They really go around the world. The gospel's going out and they're teaching everybody. And when they came in, they Gaius was the guy that says, Come in. You got a place to stay? Now you do. Come in. I got some food ready. Here you go. You got, how you doing on your clothing, right? And you just, he'd hook it up. And it was, this was a cool guy. Um, and it, it's just so cool. It's very easy for us to go and be hospitable to other people who are like us, um, who are easygoing, who, you know. But what about those who are just strange? <laughs> they're, they're just different. Um, it's always a challenge. There's always those strangers and, um, you know, somebody you don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to do. Um, but as believers, we're to take care of them as well. Uh, in Hebrews 13, verse 1, it says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly, unwittingly entertained angels. Now, I have had many encounters with strange people. And let me tell you, they're strange. <laughs> you may, you like do this, right? It's always like in the cartoons. I really do it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But um, I think God allows everyone around you for a reason, on purpose, on God's purpose, right? He has a purpose and he places them, I think, personally, around you for a reason, right? They just la, 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 they're... Why would they be walking right there instead of way over there, right? So I think God has his plan. Um, and we obviously got to use wisdom and discernment in all things, right, with, with people. But notice Gaius's faithfulness is seen by everyone as well. Notice in verse 6, it says, Who have borne witness of your love before the church, if, now I'll talk to you about this word if, you can underline that if you want, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Now, notice that word if is in italics. So it's not really there in the original text. So uh, the original manuscript. So it, it's obvious to other believers in the church that Gaius was faithful, right? At taking care of others, feeding them, clothing them, etc. right? May we continue to do the same thing in ministering to the needs of those around us. Um, and when I was going through th this issue, whatever it was, I, they still don't know what it, what, what it is and what it was. Um, and I'm thankful that my eyes are doing a lot better now. They're still just a little swollen filling, but it's, they're, it's, it's gone. I, I thank the Lord for it. But it was so cool. There's people coming over and giving us food, and it was like, hey, can we mow your lawn? And it was like, really? You can, you'll mow my lawn? And it was like, man, um, actually, it's Ed's birthday. He, he even said, hey, can I get all the leaves out of your gutter? And I was like, man, you guys. <laughs> right? On, on the receiving end, man, is it humble? You, you get humbled big time because you can't do it. Right? You just physically, you can't do anything. But when things were getting done, it was just so cool to see the church just, it just, it's, 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 it's amazing. Right? And I, I thank the Lord. Sometimes I get in that mode of you're just helping others and others and others, and somehow God has to shut you down, and then it's your turn. And it's like, I don't want it to be my turn. I just like going, you know, blessing others, but let me bless you here. Right? And it's like, oh. Okay, but you you're definitely are blessed, right, when you go through stuff. But um, it, it's, a, it's a blessing. But um, turn with me to Matthew 6 really quick. I want to show you guys something. Matthew chapter 6. How are we doing on time? Oh, we got 30 minutes. We're good. Okay. Yep, Matthew 6. Wow, it got quiet in here. Just joking, guys. We're already done. You're just done. You can flip a little quicker if you want. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 1. 
It says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. It's like today's version of Facebook, right? Or calling the radio station. Guess what I just did today, right? Look at me. By the way, this is my name. Capitalize the T. And it's just so seriously, really. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So, I love that. It's, it's so cool as we minister to everybody. Uh, but at the same time, it's like you're a ninja, right? You, you minister to them, but you don't go and boast about it, right? And nobody knows that you even did it. And it's just, you walk around, they're like, did you hear so-and-so? Somebody came and blessed them. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> this is, well, that's interesting. And you've got to hold it in, right? It's like, oh, that's so cool. But you're doing it onto the Lord, and that's the best. Um, let's go back to Third John. Um, third John, and the third point is it involves giving to everyone, giving to everyone. Notice in verse 7, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. So the inference here is that Gaius was providing for them uh, since they were not asking any money from the people. And Gaius is giving what he had to everybody. And I picture back then, how cool was that? If you actually saw a preacher come and, and you're involved with you know an awesome teaching and they never ask for money at the end or in the middle or in the beginning. It's like, wait, is there something wrong here, right? They were doing it onto the Lord and trusting that God would provide. Imagine that, right? If a lot of churches did that today without being like, by the way, we're going to send our Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets over here. And it's like, oh, right? Of course you want to support them. We're believers. But it's just, it was, it was a whole nother ball game back then. They didn't ask for money. And I thank the Lord for the church that we're at today, right? We don't bug you for anything. It was, we just trust in the Lord. Let the Lord. If the Lord's not building it, then let's get out of here. If God's doing a work, then he'll provide. He'll, he'll do a work. But, uh, but yeah, I like that. So we should do the same. In fact, God has given us so much. Why? So we can bless others. Isn't that neat? Amen. Yeah, right. You get Amen, church? <laughs> amen. But so that we can minister to the needs of others. So what a blessing it is to give on to others, right? Making sure that other believers are taken care of. It's a, it's a good thing. Now let's end with John's fifth commendation to Gaius, and it involves an example. Notice in verse 8, and by the way, this is an example for all of us. Um, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Now, twice the word we is mentioned here. It's you speaking to all of us as the body of Christ. We are to be like Gaius so that we can become partakers in the truth. And Gaius was not afraid to share what he had to help others. And what an example that is for all of us that um, it just, it's pretty awesome, right? That even the world around us sees those little things. And I'm always, I'm always reminded of, uh, they'll, they'll know that we're Christians by our love for one another, right? And, and that love is just not like, hey, brother. It, that love is expressed in different ways, in different gifts. The body is all different. We're unique in different ways. And so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. But only God can do that in and through us, right? So let's, let's stand Hopefully you guys are encouraged as we go through uh, the word. And it's cool that Pastor Dwight's been going through John. And so you guys have plenty of the background on John. So I skipped all that stuff. Um, Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, just the opportunity, Lord, that uh, to come and share. And I pray, Lord, that your word would continue to speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would be blessed in, in us as we desire more of you, Lord. I pray that you would use us, uh, Lord, really to glorify you, to honor you, to bring you all the glory in our lives, Lord. So, so teach us and train us, Lord. Continue to equip us. Uh, that we might be used by you. And if there's anybody here, Lord, that does not know you, I pray that you would continue to impress upon their heart 
just your goodness, Lord, and how, how great you are and your love for them, that you are willing to die on the cross for their sins, and that if they confess their sins to you, they would be saved, that they, just by believing on you, Lord, um, and what you did uh, three days later, Lord, and you rose again. And so we just love you, Lord. Thank you so much that you're, you're here with us, and uh, we pray you would be with us as we go our ways, and, and we love you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So, so somebody came, bless them. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> well, that's interesting. You've got to hold it in, right? It's like, oh, that's so cool. But you're doing it onto the Lord, and that's the best. Um, let's go back to Third John. Um, third John. And the third point is it involves giving to everyone, giving to everyone. Notice in verse 7, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. So the inference here is that Gaius was providing for them uh, since they were not asking any money from the people. And Gaius is giving what he had to everybody. And I picture back then, how cool was that if you actually saw a preacher come and, and you're involved with you know, an awesome teaching and they never ask for money at the end or in the middle or in the beginning. It's like, wait, is there something wrong here, right? They were doing it onto the Lord and trusting that God would provide. Imagine that, right? If a lot of churches did that today without being like, by the way, we're going to send our Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets over here. And it's like, oh, right? Of course you want to support them. We're believers, but it's just, it was, it was a whole nother ball game back then. They didn't ask for money. And I thank the Lord for the church that we're at today, right? We don't bug you for anything. It was, we just trust in the Lord. Let the Lord, if the Lord's not building it, then let's get out of here. If God's doing a work, then He'll provide. He'll, He'll do a work. But, uh, but yeah, I like that. So we should do the same. In fact, God has given us so much. Why? So we can bless others. Isn't that neat? Amen. Yeah, right. You get Amen, church? <laughs> amen. But so that we can minister to the needs of others. So what a blessing it is to give on to others, right? Making sure that other believers are taken care of. It's a, it's a good thing. Now let's end with John's fifth commendation to Gaius, and it involves an example. Notice in verse 8, and by the way, this is an example for all of us. Um, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Now, twice the word we is mentioned here. It's you speaking to all of us as the body of Christ. We are to be like Gaius so that we can become partakers in the truth. And Gaius was not afraid to share what he had to help others. And what an example that is for all of us that, um, it's just, it's pretty awesome, right? The, even the world around us sees those little things. And I'm always, I'm always reminded of, uh, they'll, they'll know that we're Christians by our love for one another, right? And, and that love is just not like, hey, brother. It, that love is expressed in different ways, in different gifts. The body is all different. We're unique in different ways. And so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. But only God can do that in and through us, right? So let's, let's stand Hopefully you guys are encouraged as we go through uh, the word. And it's cool that Pastor Dwight's been going through John. And so you guys have plenty of the background on John. So I skipped all that stuff. Um, Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, just the opportunity, Lord, uh, to come and share and I pray, Lord, that your word would continue to speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would be blessed in in us as we desire more of you, Lord. I pray that you would use us, uh, Lord, really to glorify you, to honor you, to bring you all the glory in our lives, Lord. So so teach us and train us, Lord. Continue to equip us uh, that we might be used by you. And if there's anybody here, Lord, that does not know you, I pray that you would continue to impress upon their heart just your goodness, Lord, and how, how great you are and your love for them, that you are willing to die on the cross for their sins, and that if they confess their sins to you, they would be saved, that they, just by believing on you, Lord, um, and what you did uh, three days later, Lord, and you rose again. And so we just love you, Lord. Thank you so much that you're, you're here with us, and uh, we pray you would be with us as we go our ways, and, and we love you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.